I would like to welcome you to a very special recording of my show, Let's Get Spooky. And I am even more excited to announce our guests from The Lost Boys, Billy Worth and Jason Patrick. Let's give it up. Hello, welcome. The, the world's biggest couch. I was like, I feel them on the stage, but I don't see them. And your mic should be on right there. Welcome, guys. How are you doing? Right. Yay. Yeah. We're so happy to have you. Can't believe it. Yay. It's amazing. So we have a lot of fun in store. We're going to hang out. We're going to chat all things spooky. We are going to open it up to a Q&A for the last 15 minutes of the panel. So if you have questions, get those prepared and you can head up to the mic. We'll let you know when the time for that is happening. Um, and I also have a little surprise for you. I told you about this yesterday, but I didn't tell Billy. Um, I do a little segment on my show. It's called What's in the Coffin? And I normally have this really cool wood coffin that I made, but I couldn't bring that on the plane. So I got a coffin dog bed and I made a makeshift thing. So we're going to have a little fun later. So I hope you guys are ready for that. Uh -oh. <laughs> he said, uh-oh. Yeah. It's, it's going to be fine. It'll be fine. Um, so when I have a new guest on the show, I like to start it off with a little trip down memory lane. We want to get to know you guys a little bit better. We'll talk Lost Boy stuff a little bit later, but we're going to start off with what was your very first horror flick and how old were you? Because I feel like this tells us a lot about a person. Go ahead, <laughs> Well, Billy's a lot older than me, so oh. maybe. Yeah, okay. No. First horror film, you know, I, I gotta admit, I love The Lost Boys, I love, I love being in it, part, part of this whole thing, this journey that's lasted forever and keeps going. I was in another film called Body Snatchers, and that's a horror film, and, and I've seen that, and I love that film, and I'm proud of it, you know, but I'm not, like when I first, I think my first horror film that I probably blocked out was like the exorcist and it scared me to death as a little kid and it was just too freaky so i've sort of stayed away from horror like i'm not as uh, you know i'm not a horror uh, uh you know exceptional uh, horror cinephile or whatever but but uh so i guess the first one was probably the exorcist and uh you know then i didn't really see too many after that that was mine too and it was I think it was eight, yeah. way too young, terrified. Yeah. But yeah. for me, it ignited that kind of spark where I was like, hmm, mm. I want to be scared a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, yeah, it was brutally scary yeah. for a child. Yeah, yeah I, mean, it's a, it's, I, mean, I mean, some of you know that my dad's in The Exorcist. He plays Father Karras. Oh. So. The best. <laughs> the best. But I'll, I'll give you a little story. It's not really a, 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 a horror movie story because I didn't like them either. But I went to go visit him on the set, and they were filming in New York at the time. And uh, I guess I got off school and went into some sort of green room in, in, in a studio in New York. And there was a big chest of ice and sodas. And that's a big thing when you're a kid, free soda. Yes. So I remember getting to go in there, and then as I turned, I, there was Reagan, full makeup. Full makeup. How old were you? Do you remember? Seven. Seven. Oh, and in the nightgown and the hair and all that, also getting a Coke, which I then dropped mine right back in. <laughs> you didn't even want it? You're like, no. No. If she drinks her, her it, hand, I don't want that. Her hand is in that water? No. Oh. Mm. And I Ruined remember um, 
because we were young that I'm asking my dad after, you know, what was the deal with that? Because the makeup looks so good, that Dick's makeup, even up close. And they didn't really get into what was happening. I don't think they wanted to tell the seven-year-old about demonic possession. Right, it's a little heavy, I feel so like. So they said she got in a car accident. That's oh, what that's I was told. <laughs> so they lied that's to true. you. But I mean, true. demonic possession is hard for a seven-year-old to process. Yeah, I feel to like. understand. It's a lot. But I remembered that, man. It was scary. So no horror movies, though. You're like, nah. Uh, I, I think one of the first I saw was uh, on, like, the million-dollar movie, one of those Brides of Frankenstein. Oh, okay. No, the, Brides of Dracula. And when I was a kid in the, in, the, in the old candy stores or comic book stores, they had these really sexy sort of vampire-type women yeah. comics that looked very similar to the young lady sitting right next to me. Mm. And mm. I really liked them, but it was absolutely terrifying. So I was never a, a It never hooked horror. you. Oh. Well, not the horror part, some other parts. The other parts hooked you, yeah, but yeah. not the scary parts. I, I wasn't into the movies, but I do remember the monsters, Eddie Monster, and that the, the, is a TV series I, I remember liking. Yeah, it's fun. And, and I think um, something like that was like a lighthearted way to get people into it. It wasn't Reagan with the blood, you know, in the pea soup vomit. That's a lot for a little kid. Um, so you guys weren't into horror movies, but were you into Halloween? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So do you remember, what is your very first, like, vivid Halloween memory where you're like, this is my jam? I mean, I grew up in New York, and we lived in an apartment building. And, and back then, the costume that you really wanted was like one you get in a drugstore of, of Batman, which is one of those mm. little plastic masks, yeah. and they put the thing on. With the and, little jumpsuit, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was great. I still have that, by the way. Do you really? Yeah. yeah. No, I don't. Oh. Yeah. Dang yeah. it. I was like, man, I, that would have been so cool. It would fit on my foot. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think um, I, I was a Batman 1.2, and I also grew up in the city in an apartment building, and you go up and down the elevator, and you get your candy, and that was amazing. But I also remember just, you know... Mm, well, I can be a ghost. It's a sheet over my mm-hmm. head and put the eye holes. But mm-hmm. then also like baseball players and different things like that. But but yeah, New York City. Yeah, Halloween's Halloween, different in New York. Yeah, and also, yeah. you know, when we were kids in the early seventies, it was it was different. Yeah. You didn't really leave the building. You just did the building. Really? That's to. interesting. You didn't to have me. to. There were two hundred people in the building and if you had friends somewhere else yeah. or they took you next door, but yeah. you didn't run around too much. I feel like, so I grew up in like a suburban town, so it was very different. It was very much like door-to-door trick-or-treating like you see in the movies, but you don't see a whole lot of like, it's rare that you see New York City trick-or-treating, but it's kind of genius because you stay in one building. You don't have to go very far. You probably get a shit ton of candy and uh, you don't really have to work as hard for it. I mean, we had to like trek for it. Yeah, you got to work it. I'll tell you another funny story. My mom also grew up in New York in Central Park South and who lived on the floor above her was Boris Karloff. What? Yeah, so, and, I, and what she remembers is, is Halloween, and they were all terrified to go trick-or-treating. Oh, my goodness. But, of course, he'd so open the great. door, and he was just a perfect English gentleman, basically, right. in an ascot. Right. So fancy. So she got to, uh, to, to trick-or-treat with Boris Karloff. But then That's I, pretty incredible. I remember in New York City, I don't know if this ever happened out here, and I don't want to give anybody har- any horrible ideas, but... <laughs> It was always like, be careful, don't eat the apples, because people would stick needles in the apples and pens or whatever, you know, just whatever. That scared me. I mean... Well, if someone gave you an apple, you'd never eat that anyway. Right, I know. you throw that back at the house. It's like, ew, apples, gross. That's like the raisins or the pencils. Like, now I'm like, give me raisins. Those are great for you. I appreciate it. But when I was a kid, I was like, get that out of here. Nobody wants that. Um, (laughs) So... 
do you guys now, are you still super into Halloween? Like, do you deck out your houses and for the trick-or-treaters? Is it still a thing that you do, or? I do, because I, mean, I have a 12-year-old, and, and our house is all the time. I but love it, it. It, it. In July, he starts saying, you know, Dad, we've got to get some props. And I said, yeah. props for what? Is it Halloween? It's, it's July. No, but Halloween starts in July now. It's crazy. It, it, we have things everywhere. Go to Home stuff. Depot now. It's Christmas decorations. We're like, we haven't even passed the 31st yet. Like, slow down, folks. So, um, Billy, what about you? Are you, <clears throat> you know, I've, what, the I've Halloween out, decor? I've, I've gone out, dressed up, had some fun, yeah, out in L.A. And uh, a friend of mine, uh, Rich Carell, he has a very big collection of memorabilia from all movies and he holds a big thing outside and his you know all the costumes and the, you know the the figures that he's collected over the years and the kids come and it's a great block party oh, that I've been that. to yeah Halloween block parties are the best yeah. you didn't I guess you guys didn't have Halloween block parties well you, did you have like Halloween building parties no no no, no. just great trick or treating in the building Okay, so we are here to talk about Lost Boys. Are you guys ready to talk about some Lost Boys? That's why you're all here, right? Um, so let's talk about an 80s vampire classic, one of my favorite vampire films of all time, so I am honored to be on the stage with you guys today. Um, I recently visited Santa Cruz and saw some of the film, filming locations. It was fantastic. If you guys ever get a chance to do it, do it. So my first Lost Boys question for you is... Who would drink some of David's juice? Sounds terrible. So I should have really, I should, I should have said that out loud before I said it out loud. But um, who would turn? Would you guys, if this was a thing that could happen in real life, would you want to be immortal? Would you? Hell yeah. I mean, I think at this moment in my life, yes. Because I, I feel like I'm at a good stage. Like, if I was nine, maybe not. If I was, like, yeah. 77, probably not. But, like, right now, would yes. You, would you upload your brain to a robot yes. if that could bring you immortality? I don't know about a robot. Yeah. That's a little much. Okay, that's, I feel like that's, when the robots turn and then i a little much. She wants to be a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being honest. I feel like when the robots, like, right. turn and try to murder everyone, I don't want to be part of that, you know? But vampires, I'm getting... So you would, you, would, you would take the juice and be immortal, but, but you knew to continue that immortal life, you'd have to yeah, be killing I other people. I, but not other people. There's, like, other ways to work around. We're, there it's is? 2022. Uh -huh. There's ways to work around this. You know, you make a friend at a hospital. Like, there's ways to do it. So. Sort of like Uber vamp? Uber, yeah. <laughs> there's Uber blood. Bring you that know. back. Yeah. yeah right. Postmates blood, you know. No? Yes? No? Uh, no. I mean, no, I, really? I'm tired already. You know, but okay, but listen, this is the thing. I'm tired already, but I feel like you wouldn't be tired. There's like a whole bunch of uh, added benefits to vampirism, I feel like. I think you get bored, don't you think you get bored? I mean, you might get bored. It would take a long time for you to get bored, I feel like. There's a, you know, you could fly, you can go wherever you want. <clears throat> Less restrictions. Billy, what do you think? No, I, I don't think I would, <laughs> but I do believe that uh, the spirit is eternal. And consciousness is, you know, precedes thought. And so the fear of death comes from the thinking. And if you can transcend and wake up to full consciousness, you know, there is an eternal aspect to that. And I'm not sure what, what, what this whole thing, if you pull back and you look at the universe as a, as a you know, infinite 
expanding space and time or, or whatever, but I do think there's more than we know. Absolutely. And, and, I, and I'm not sure if you chose eternal life here, you know, whether, I don't know, there might be something more. Oh, I, I mean, I, yeah. I totally believe that. We're all yeah. energy, everything's yeah, energy. energy. Energy doesn't just go away, it has no. to go somewhere. Yeah. So where it goes, we don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I totally, yeah. so no vampires, but you know, I like that, that train of thought. Um, my next question, I'm very excited about this one. You guys both had fabulous hair. You still have fabulous hair. But in the film, the hair was like straight out of Adal Sassoon. Was there like some sort of hair care routine that they kept you on to make sure that it stayed that fabulous and windblown? How did that work out? Well, you, you, did you, these guys, I'll give you put a little bit, they had some extensions. Yeah, had, in the beginning, it was I was only the, the real deal. Uh, no, what? I had long hair, but then they wanted to make it longer. And so they put these extensions in. In the film, you know, we filmed for what, eight months, seven months, six no, months? Probably about four or five months. Four or five months. <laughs> Seemed longer than that to me. It was but maybe eternity. I got the extensions earlier or whatever. But they put these things and they tie them individually in. And you'd be in an elevator going down and, and somehow one of them would fall on the ground. <laughs> and it was pretty embarrassing, you know. But, but you know, the, 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 the hair was cool, you know, and then... Uh, and the nails, I mean, we'd wear the nails home because they took so long. They were these acrylic nails that they'd put on. So they were like actual forever. acrylics. They weren't just oh, the press-ons. No. They did the real no, deal. No, it's yeah. before people did that kind of stuff, and it went on and on. And I mean, if you broke them, you had to sit there yeah, and yeah. do the whole thing. Oh, I know. But, I, I mean, you guys would wear them home. I only had them for yeah. a while. And then we'd break them when we were playing yeah, foosball. Yeah, they, they pretty much broke. <laughs> but I remember down in, uh, in uh, Burbank when we were filming on, on the lot, you know, we'd have makeup and then... I don't know, Brooke and I, we'd go out into the world to get lunch or something or leave, world. and you'd scare people on the street or whatever. But, uh, yeah, the, the whole makeup and the nails and the hair, I mean, the whole vibe, the whole look. Joel, you know, he was, uh, I guess he was really into fashion, and he was a window dresser starting out on, on Fifth Avenue. But that whole vibe and the style of the movie, you know, sort of... Uh, created a, you know, I mean, a lot of rock and roll bands I've heard sort of copped our look. We were probably copping their look too, but it was cool, yeah. I mean, the thing now is, as you know, and, and you all know, and some of you may have seen when it came out, and others have watched it, you know, and hand it down to their kids, but none of that stuff existed when we were making the movie. This makeup had never existed. Mm -hmm. um, that look had never existed. Yeah. The idea of... Uh, music in a sort of soundtrack way being central that had never existed um and you know just young people in that way taking this um old these old tropes in the genre and taking it out of the tuxedos and all that none of that stuff had happened and so i mean joel, joel tells it because i turned down the movie many times i didn't have any money but i just didn't want to be in a teen vampire movie why because vampire movies to that point in 1986 other than the classic ones, were just all shit and cheesy. So it was hard to envision what that was going to be. And Joel, to his credit, just stayed on me and stayed on me. And, um, you know, and then you have a movie that's shot by the guy who shot Raging Bull and you know, Taxi Driver. That, that just didn't happen. And you have those production designers. And you have those costume designers. And then he hired all these young people that he really led at 19, 20 years old uh, create their characters, come up with dialogue, all that kind of stuff. So, 
I mean, it's now been around all this time. It become a classic, but at the time, it was being created as we were doing it. it trust me, none of that stuff was in the script. It wasn't a very good script either. That is amazing. Um, that will lead me into my next question. So it is a classic. That's why everyone is here. That's why people still talk about Lost Boys. That's why people are fans of vampires because that's one of their first vampire movies. And I mean, it inspired so much, but to this day, it is still so important. Why do you think people still connect to it? Well, that deals with a lot of different themes. You know, you have first love with Jamie and, and Michael and David, and you have, uh, you know, single motherhood, which a lot of people experience. You have, you know, alienated youth, the, the lost boys who are runaways or on their own, you know, it's just surviving. You have, uh, you know, it's a it's brotherly love with, with Michael and, and Corey, or, or Jason and Corey, and there's just so many themes that people can relate to, and it's, you know, narrative script was really uh, well-crafted through the, you know, the process the, the, of filmmaking, and, you know, it's got music, soundtrack, it's got great humor, you know, so it's a fun ride, and I love what Jason told me that I didn't even think about it, and I'll let you tell him about how the suspense was, was uh, you know, the onion peeled slowly, like over time, like in, in, you meet the Lost Boys, but you don't really see them feed, or that active, you know, you know, movement in the second act until uh, quite later. And he, Jason was saying, you know, in a movie today, everybody needs that quick fix. Oh, yeah. You would have seen us feed yeah. in the first scene, but that suspense and that peeling of the onion and that drama, you know, it's just very well crafted all the way around. Yeah, you don't, you don't see a vampire for 45 minutes into Which is crazy an hour and a half that. movie. Yeah, that's crazy. You never think about it because it was like the shark in Jaws. Yeah. You showed their yep. perspective. Yeah. And frankly, because there wasn't CGI, you didn't see them flying around. So instead, you had really interesting flying POVs. Mm -hmm. And the reaction to other people, things being pulled out of frame, because we had to do those effects were also being made up at the time. And, and, and that really does lend itself to you create these characters, as Billy was saying, this family, these guys a little bit, and then they reveal themselves. So you're already in at yeah. that point. And so instead of it just being, you know, a, a simplistic sort of horror plot, um, uh, there's this family and there's these people, and then it gets revealed. And I think that's why it lasts yeah. so long. And, and yeah. a lot of good actors they got. In there. Great actors, Diane Weiss, Ed Herman, Jason, you know, Kiefer. I mean, just incredible talent all the way around. And the Frog Brothers, too. I mean, that comic relief. Oh, it's so when you, funny. When <laughs> you have this fear and this energy, like when we first fed at the... At the you know, at the at the beach, attacking those surf Nazis. But then, you know, that gets everybody jacked up. But then, boom! The the that that if it was like that all the time, you know, you just be too much. But then it's the, the deflation of that anxiety and stress through the humor. You know, Corey Haim singing in the bathtub when he's about to get it, or whatever. <laughs> all of it. I mean, it's yeah. just pretty pretty amazing. It's yeah. a classic. It will be forever be a classic. Um, so my next question. So on Let's Get Spooky, it's all about spooky things. I'm a believer in the paranormal. And I have to ask, doing what you do, um, do you guys believe in the paranormal? Have you seen anything that would that would? Uh, I, I mean, I, 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 there's definitely a collective conscious, a different spiritual world beyond us. It just doesn't make sense. We couldn't be here by accident, in my no opinion. Way. It's just too individual and uh, 
No. So I, um, so I think that paranormal or those energies you're talking about present themselves to different people in ways that they could see them or their fears manifest. Yeah. So I'm sure that that stuff is around, yeah. you know. Yeah. No, I, I, I believe that there's, you know, uh, energies, there's spirits, you know, um, you know, uh, maybe multiple dimensions, you know, maybe the model of the universe is a holographic sort of, you know, model that Carl Prebaum and David Bohm, you know, protégés of Einstein sort of came up with many years ago. Now this physicists and the scientists are breaking it down to going past Einsteinian theory to and past quantum. And they've even broken it down to uh, that the time-space continuum is also not what we think it is. I mean, there I was watching, I forgot the guy's name, I was watching the Lex Friedman podcast and they had a guy on it and they just keep going deeper and deeper into science, which relates also to spirituality, consciousness, God, whatever you want to label it. But, but uh, so I do think that, that, that there's more than we could possibly comprehend with our little biocomputers, you yes, know. Yes, for sure. But when you go past the, the analytical mind, you can get a glimpse uh, and experience of, you know, the, 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 the entry point into the infinite, which is the now, you know. It's not because if you're in the now and the present moment, you know, and you find peace, there's it opens it up, you know. That's like you know whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting real yeah, deep. Getting deep, deep, deep. So um, your your travels and your work have taken you all over. Have you ever been on a, like haunted location or anything where anything has happened that you've seen with your own two eyes or anyone on your crew has experienced? No, I mean, you're, you're <laughs> you blocked like, it from your mind. <laughs> like haunted, like yeah, in a bad like anything. Way, I mean, know? to me, haunted yeah. isn't a bad yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel yeah. like oh. it's just something revealing right. itself to you. Yeah. Um, do you go to haunted houses and places I like do. that? You, in I do. I actively places? search for them. Yeah. I ghost hunt and all that fun stuff. Why? I'm I'm fascinated by the idea that there's more than us. Yeah. And there's so many people that have stories. I've had like little tiny experiences, nothing physical, like gotten on camera. Um, but I'm just so fascinated by it. And I just, I want to be the vessel that something can communicate through if it needs to. So, and I am just always searching for that. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've at times, you know, felt that there was a presence, you know, and sometimes, you know, I see weird stuff, you know, and I don't know if my mind was playing tricks on me or, you know, whatnot, but uh, yeah, I think there's, there's more than, than we know. It's out there. Yeah. We haven't, yeah. we haven't necessarily found it yet, but it's yeah. out there. Yeah. Okay, so I think we're about, I think we should run into um, what's in the coffin. You guys uh, want to play around? It's, he, you said, oh, like it's a bad thing. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I was just thinking of the, the it's the, not going to be crazy. Brad movie, what's in the box. You know? Yeah, well, that's, yeah, that's no. the direction we're going. Who's going first? Who's going to go first? Uh, Billy will. Billy, okay. okay. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you this first, and then I'm going to come hold your mic, because you have to hold this okay. in your lap. Okay. And then you have to close your... I'm going to put this right here. You have to close your eyes right now while I get the thing that goes in there. I'm going to show you guys so you oh, can see. Yeah, oh, I, there's a I, table. I, I, this is like... I got to touch it? Yeah, you have to touch it. It's not scary. Okay. Well, maybe it is. I don't know. No, 
Okay, his eyes are closed, right? He's not peeking? Closed. Oh, no, hold on. I got the wrong one. Okay, no peeking, no peeking, no peeking, no peeking. What was that? See? You can see? Okay, hold on. Keep your eyes closed. Okay, so it's in there now. So let me grab your mic. And um, there's little hole. You're gonna hold the mic. This is teamwork makes a dream okay, work. Okay, teamwork. Okay, so teamwork. there's little holes in the side of the coffin. You okay. can open your eyes now. Okay. And you're gonna put your hands in there. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. This is <laughs> like, but, very. But here, I'm gonna help you. I'm just gonna bring okay. it up, and then okay. you have to hold it, and you have to tell, figure out what. <laughs> you use your words. What do you think it is? I mean, there's a there's a casing around it. Yes. So I don't have to so, worry about the case. Anymore. No, here, I'll take it out of the case and then... Okay. This is a good one too, right? I mean, it feels like food. Yes, that's good. But it's in a weird shape. <laughs> I mean, you can... You it can... feels like marshmallow. <gasps> yes, yes. And some kind of coating, like maybe sugar or... Yes, hotter. Hotter, hotter. It's very, uh... Hmm. <laughs> I think Wait, Billy can... needs a little time alone. Wait, are you... <laughs> Billy, also, why are your eyes still closed? You can open your eyes. Okay, okay. I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know what it is. It's squishy You're... and... It... That's, I feel like we could give it to him. That was yeah. close. It's a... Peeps, which are sugar-covered marshmallows, and they're fresh out of the package. You could eat wow, them if no, you would like them. <laughs> you could eat no, them after. You can eat them after. Pawing okay. them like that. All right, I'm gonna get Jason. I'm gonna get yours. You have to close your Don't eyes. Don't give me those. I won't give you those. I won't give those. You're a little kinky. <laughs> okay, Zap. wait. Are your is it? Are your eyes closed? No, G that was a lie. You just said yes to me, and they were open. <laughs> okay, here they're gonna see. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Okay. All right. Tell us how you're feeling. Um, I feel pretty good. You can open your eyes, too. <laughs> um, they feel sock-like. Okay. Um, um, some That's good. Rubber That's good. here. Mm -hmm. it, if I pull this... You I'm, could, yeah. I'm allowed do, to break You're allowed it? to do whatever you want. All right. I mean, I feel like we could technically give it to you, but I feel like you should yeah, no, continue no, no. The, the journey yeah, a little bit. I think bit. there's some kind of fuzzy, yes. spooky, <gasps> Halloween-y, vampy ah. type socks. Yeah. Also, a.k.a. mittens. Mittens. Well, I mean, you're oh, yeah. wearing them as mittens. That's how I would but... wear them. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, you nailed it when you said socks, but it was fun to watch you. And they are Halloween themed, but they didn't really have Halloween. They have pandas on them. I don't, or what is that? Yeah, it's a polar bear? I'm not sure. Is there a polar bear? It's a polar bear, yes. Polar bear. And those are yours to keep. Thank if you very you. much. And Bill, you can have the, he's like, I don't yeah, want those them. those are yours. Yeah, <laughs> you know how to keep them forever. Okay, so if you guys have questions and would like to ask any questions, now is the time you can head up to the microphone and ask your questions. Thanks for playing along. Is that fun? Thank you. All right. Go ahead. Yeah. 
Hello, uh, Tippy Joes. Uh, hello, gentlemen. Thank you for being here. Um, one of the things that y'all touched on was kind of the creation of some of the aspects of your characters. Um, would there be anything that either of y'all kind of like stood out to you? Like, well, this is the moment. Uh, everything's coming together. Or just something that you thought would be a really cool aspect uh, to include. I'll jump, jump in because yours is probably more elaborate. Um, you know, just when Susan Becker took us out, she was a costume designer, and Joel said, you know, go to town, sort of find some cool outfits, and we were allowed to pick, pick our clothes, and you know, when, when we got the costumes on, you just felt, you know, pretty badass, and you know, uh, that, that really helped, you know, find that, you know, vibe of the runaway, you know, sort of, biker-esque kind of crew, that, that helped a lot. And then just, you know, I got to be pretty good friends with Brooke just prior to, to the movie and, you know, our bonding, you know, that friendship and the connection I had with him, you know, helped a lot. And, uh, you know, that, that pretty much, you know, I didn't have a lot of lines, so I sort of just was happy to sort of be in a, a observer of this whole incredible thing going around me. First big studio film, I had done a small part in the movie prior to that, but you know, it sort of was just that cool vibe, you know, with the clothes and, and the hair and the makeup and everything. Yeah. Thank you. And I gotta say something also for Billy and, and Alex and Brooke. They didn't have m m many lines at all, but they immortalized those characters. I mean, 35 years later, these guys are just as important as anyone else in the movie, and that's really saying a lot. It's um, not just listening, but the presence and your, everyone's individuality. Those, those characters are serious characters, and that's not easy to do. Thanks, Jason. No, but it's true. I mean, they're iconic horror characters in the sort of American horror canon. Where's my pop-up? <laughs> Um, I just, uh, I, it was important for me, you know, when you're playing, to me, when you're playing the supernatural, the important thing is not to play it as supernatural. Um, one of my pet peeves in movies is everybody in movies these days acts like they're in a movie. And um, <laughs> the reason The Exorcist is a great movie is um, Father Karras doesn't believe that this is the devil. And the mother doesn't believe that's the devil. She only gets a priest. She would do anything to save her child. They're not playing it through the supernatural element. Because in nature, we'd be looking for any real reason. We don't buy this because it's yeah. in a movie. And then when the people turn and they, there's no other option but whoa, that's when it really gets you. And so my whole thing was telling Joel, I, I have a brother. We moved to this place. I don't want to go to school anymore. I don't want to be the man of the family. And then, you know, he meets this girl that's sexy and these people. And even drinking that blood, I just made it a drug analogy. That whatever was in that was cool, put you in with everyone else, and it was very addictive. And then pulling, and even wanting to feed and kill and all that, that was an addiction thing that you tried to fight. And then let it manifest itself. But I just wanted to keep, this is your brother, and I think that's the backbone of that movie in, in a way. And then so everything else is just sort of coming together. Because if that character, Michael, isn't sort of the realistic bedrock, none of it works. Yeah. These guys are sexy and scary. The Frog Brothers are funny. 
Corey's all over the place, but someone has to be sort of looking at the craziness yeah, like, and absurdity of what's <laughs> happening and trying to hold something on. So that, 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 that's what I tried to do. Awesome. That was a great question. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hi, thank you for doing this. Real quick question, uh, Joel Schumacher, who's no longer with us, brilliant director, you know, l launched many careers. Lots of things been said about him. How was he on the set as a director? Uh, was he, it will be this way, I want this, because he was, I believe, a fashion designer before he became a film director. How was he to work with? Was it a give and take, or was it more Stanley Kubrick, take after take after take? Uh, no, much more give and take. I mean, I, I think I would say that my relationship was more fraught with him than the other boys. Um, because, as I said, I always had a sort of reticence about it. And he also told me that I would never have to wear fangs or makeup or fly. Uh. Lies. Yeah. And we're so glad you did all of those things. <laughs> so, um, but no, as I said, as a 19-year-old with nothing, you know, to be in a studio movie where the director is letting you, you know, write your dialogue or give your ideas about where the scene can go or that, that, that was incredibly rare 35 uh, years ago, I mean, let alone now, because that was just the beginning of young people starring in movies. You know, until that sort of John Hughes revolution, kids were small parts, and all of a sudden it flipped in two years where adults were playing the supporting parts and the majority of films were young, and this happened to be one of them, it just wasn't a John Hughes movie, it was just sort of darker that way. And so I think what he, Joel did is he hired people that he wanted and he used the best out of them. He was direct about a lot of things, but he, he hired you because he wanted you to bring something to it. <clears throat> yeah, no, Joel was great. I mean, I just remember a couple of things. Uh, you know, one, you know, still n new to acting. I'd taken some courses in college and failed those by, because I was too scared to put up a scene. And, in class, but but uh, it was my first exposure to, to acting. And then uh, I met Joel in an audition in New York. He said, you're gonna be featured in this movie. You're not gonna have a lot of lines because I had read for David's role. That was what we were all auditioning for. But then in LA, he just said, you know, just let the camera find you. You know, don't, you know, just, just don't worry about it. So I just, you know, that was simple direction, but just was able to interact with everything else. And I didn't, I was able to block out the camera because if you think about the camera, you get nervous, scared, and you know, it was new to me. So I was just able to listen, react to what was going around me and just trust that they're gonna catch me on film, you know. And then as far as, you know, what, we were kind of wild back then, a little older than Jason, me and Brooke, you know, we were, we were 24 years old and he kept bring Joel would bring us in to the set even on days we weren't working just to hang around he kept us on a short leash so because he knew we'd get into trouble some other way but but you know Joel Joel was cool and uh, it's just uh, you know a lot of gratitude for this whole thing. Yeah, that the whole movie really is a testament to, to Joel Schumacher in, in its whole largesse all the great people in it he hired them he saw it and, and he put it, and he made it happen. Thank you guys. Thank you. Hi, I wanted to um, thank you for the movie, and it seems that family is the central aspect of the movie. It's not a vampire movie, it's a family movie that just happens to have vampires, whether that's the, the nice family unit or the vampire family unit. 
And it really resonated for me. I was about that age. And you were mentioning earlier that you were making up the movie as it went along in many respects. Separate from the family aspect, what were some of your favorite ab-libbed lines? For me, of course, I'm going to have to go with Corey, goddamn blood-sucking vampires. <laughs> or God, goddamn blood-sucking Brady Bunch. So what rings out to you as very in the moment that you came up with on the fly that made it to print that you're better for it than the movie was better for it for doing it that way? You know, I didn't have a lot of lines, and I'm not sure, but I kind of remember that I may have come up with the line, but I can't, I'm, I can't be sure, but I think... Be sure. I think yeah, I, think I said, you sucker. I think I came up with that, but I don't really remember, but I don't know if it was in the script. We're saying you did come up with is it. it, it in the script? I, heard, I heard Billy I, came up with that. I heard, I'm, I said, that's what I okay. heard. Okay, but, you know, it's a classic line, and so is Death by Stereo, and that... That I think, I don't know if Corey came up with that, that's brilliant, you know, but uh, I was happy not to have a lot of lines, actually. Because uh, I just, you know, it was this, this whole thing was new to me in a, a lot of ways, and you know, I felt a lot of pressure. I mean, one time I told this story before, you know, when we're jumping off the bridge, you know, I think Joel said, you gotta do something, and I'm like, well, do something, what do you mean? You know, how, you just, just, you know, you're exiting the frame. And at that moment, it was like, I didn't know what to do, you know, and at the last second, I just went boom, boom, you know, and for me, that was like, wow, I did it, you know, but, it, but had I jumped off, and I was talking to someone today, had I jumped off and done nothing, if I had committed to that, that would have been cool, because I just jumped off cool, yeah, like, I but I was thinking anything. in my head, I got to do something, and it was so much pressure, but at the last second, right before, I just went boom, but whatever. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Jason, anything ring out for you? I mean, uh, just a, a lot of stuff. Because my, I don't think my dialogue was very good in it. So I, I mean, I work with Joel. I, I remember people asked me to sign things on their on their things. Uh, I think when we're going into their cave with the Frog Brothers and Michael's sort of, you know, very tired because of the sun and all that. Uh, I think I said that to Corey about. This isn't a comic book. These guys are brutal killers. I think nice. I just threw that in nice. there. And, um, and stuff with Kiefer, I think after the bike thing, when he crashed, and I just point to him and say, just you, just you. Because, you know, that's from my youth, too, when there was four or five guys. I would try to pick one of them. If I hit him hard enough, you know, then, that, then maybe I'm out of it. Um, and uh, so that, and, and all the physical stuff with Corey. I spent a lot of time with Corey before we were filming because I felt that... I don't want to be in movies where everyone keeps calling each other bro or brother. You want to believe they're brothers. So yeah. there's a lot of physicality with them. You just know these two grew up together. So Corey would, uh, you know, I'd take him to the pier. I'd play wiffle ball with him. Spend, you know, those couple months before we started filming. And then filming, that dynamic really stayed. I really was the sort of big brother that kept him in line, made him go to school when he had to go to school. You know, uh, made sure that he's paying attention and all that stuff. So. Yeah, that, this movie wouldn't have worked without their connection, and it is the anchor to what we see the film through. Your two fish out of water sort of characters in in this crazy Santa Carla, you know. Yeah. But uh, just thought of another line that I did ad lib when little Laddie. I got to give love to Laddie because Chance, when he was a little kid, now he's a grown man. 
<clears throat> but I was so glad to have him because, you know, just like I said, this is a lot of pressure. You're in a big film in Hollywood and you don't know kind of what you're doing. But he anchored me, you know, he was like, and one time he said, come on, we're going for a ride. And someone else mentioned that line earlier today or yesterday. But I ad-libbed that, but just having chance. He was the coolest little kid, man, oh, you know. Put him on the motorcycle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Thanks. Hi there. I have a question for each of you. Billy, do you have a favorite memory from Body Snatchers? And Jason, do you have a favorite memory from doing Wayward Pines? From, no, I'm just, my, my mind's thinking. I mean, I, you know, I have a lot of memories from Body Snatchers. Uh, just give us the G version. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's a funny version. I don't even know if I could articulate this story, and I don't know if I should even go down the road. Oh, you're already uh, halfway. Yeah, now. you open okay. the floodgates. Well, and go. you know, so I have my best friend. He passed away. You know, Adrian Victoria, who's in the film, and he steals a scene as the drunk at the bar, and he doesn't have his working papers. He's just Abel says, "Yeah, let's let's throw him in," and then eventually he had to leave because they were afraid that. You know, he might get, whatever, I think he left a little early. But anyway, so he's staying in my uh, hotel room. It was like a Holiday Inn. And, you know, the, 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 the housekeeping comes and, and uh, it's a beautiful day and we're just probably did a night shoot and we're wrecked. And uh, she, she had this southern accent. She comes, oh, we open the door, like, no, we don't need the room clean. And she goes, well, I, she goes, well, I thought it was such a nice day. You'd be out riding around with your man, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so she, she thought, she thought Adrian was my boyfriend or whatever. But, but it, I don't know why that flashed it's okay, in my head. Bill. Yeah, no, listen, it's I, okay, I, I, man. yeah, we, we were his brothers yeah. forever, just like Brooke too. Those were my two best friends, and I lost them both, but they're. So live with me forever in my heart, but uh, that's the, the that's the memory. It's not you know, but I also remember you know down in Selma, Alabama, and just the history that was there and meeting the people and the locals and the bridge and uh, but you know Abel Ferrara is classic filmmaker. It was a lot of fun, but no. Um, uh, there was an episode I think halfway through. Uh, you know, I play a doctor where I guess uh, those. I can't remember what those... those the abbeys. Yeah, those abbeys, they, they, they ripped everybody apart. Mm -hmm. And there was a big hospital scene. Mm -hmm. And we were, I was supposed to go check all these different rounds and you see the devastation that's happened. And I, I convinced the, 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 the producer and everyone, I said, let's try to do this in one shot. I mean, it was very complicated. Now, part of it was I didn't want to do a million setups because it's really <laughs> it incredibly with. boring to do that. <laughs> But it was very complicated because it's a one shot involving, you know, maybe 26 people and then, you know, actual uh, mini surgeries, blah, 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 blah. But we, we managed to do that and, that and that was exciting to do something like that. If you could, you know, I, I hadn't done television before and so I figured let's try to do something maybe you do in a movie and, and we did that. That was fun. Okay, cool. Thank you all. Awesome. Thank you. So we have a couple more minutes, right? We're going to try to uh, get through these last couple questions. Thank you. Uh, question for you both. Um, did you get to keep any props from the Lost Boys? And if not, what would you have liked to have kept? Yeah, I, I, I kept uh, one of the jackets. I actually had two jackets. I, was, I think there were like six. 
and I still have one of them and the other one uh, my ex-girlfriend had and then she said she lost it and then it turned up recently her sister has it and that was like the, the hero jacket that I wore a lot so she said I can have it back but I haven't gotten it back yet but I have one of them and then, and then I have the necklace somewhere and uh, and those sort of beaded thing but uh, I lost the ring the eyeball ring and uh, yeah I'm don't think I have the communist flag anymore, but, but you know, if the, was there anything else I would like, you know, uh, hmm. uh, yeah, I'm pretty happy with the jacket. <laughs> yeah, I kept the leather jacket and those sunglasses because they made those sunglasses for me. Oh, really? Yeah, but I gave them away. I just didn't think, I didn't think anything of it. I mean, I, literally a friend or something was cold one night, maybe it's in the 90s, well, you can put this on. And that never came back. Oh. And yeah, I know, and the glasses. Um, yeah, because I always try to keep one thing or something from something I've done. And those are the two, I, the two I kept. Well, and I'm sure at the time, too, you're not always thinking, like, I have too much stuff. I don't need this. Why am I going to keep this? And it's then, 1986. There's yeah. like no such thing as a memorabilia market. Right. You know, it's just you don't think about yep. it. All the things that we gave away that yeah. were like, damn it. Right. I should have really thought that through. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great question. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Well, my big question is about Sleepers, because let's face it, that movie was just monumental and just so important overall. And I, I just got here late, unfortunately. I didn't know if you touched on it before, but between Kevin Bacon and everyone else, and that experience had to be like really intense, considering that's a situation that has been covered up for so long and they don't know a lot about it. So I was, sure, was curious what your experience was with Sleepers and how that stuck with you afterwards, since it's such a dark movie. Yeah. Um... Well, I read the book because Barry Levinson wanted me to do it. And I think when I was hired, maybe it was just me. I think it was maybe me and De Niro at that point. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then Brad came on and, much, and then Kevin Bacon and then much later uh, Hoffman and all that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it, that was one of the first movies to deal with that kind of you know, child abuse in those institutions. I mean, and once again, that was 25 years ago or more. Um, but... What I remember about it a lot is that obviously the first half is with the kids mm -hmm. and then in the second half, I spent a lot of time on set with the kids and I watched their scenes because those would be my memories. Sure. And um, I became very close to the, to the boy Joe Prino who played me um, and his family. He was, his family came from Italy mm -hmm. and I would go eat at their homes and, and things. And so I think becoming close to the, to, the, to the kids and then watching that stuff happen certainly had a deep resonance when I had to play those things. You know, and, and, and as I said, I, I'm still friends with Joey today. And when he was 14, he always bust me because he said, you always would say to me, don't worry, you're going to get much better looking. <laughs> 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 and... Um, to this day, and then we joke about it. But I'm that, sure there are so many people that are so grateful that you did that movie and you brought those issues to life. Well, I hope so. so. Yeah. Hope so. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I was too short. Okay. So I have a question for both of you, and then I have a question for Jason specifically. The one for both of you was, what deleted scene do you wish would have made it into the movie? Like a scene that got cut on the floor. I don't really know what was deleted but you know of, of the scenes that I was in so I, I really can't answer that I mean it was a lot of cool stunt stuff 
you know, writing. But I think most of that got in the film, so what do you, what do you know? You know, it's hard because the movie is so known for exactly what it is right now, you know, and just not talking to people, there are people out there that said they used to watch that every day when they came home from school on their <laughs> video cassette. I mean, you know, every music cue, every turn. So it's sort of cemented that way for me. I, I know that there were little things cut out, but I don't think there was anything that really... I think there really was made. one where we met him, Ed Herman, on the boardwalk or something when Diane was coming in. I think recently I heard there was a scene that was added to something. I don't know, maybe a Blu-ray or something. I know they have that kind of stuff, but yeah, I don't yeah. really remember too much. Okay, perfect, and then the question the for Jason specifically. I know you were in the movie Runt with Cameron Boyce. I wanted to know what your experience was working with Cameron Boyce now that he has passed away. Um, you know, I was there just for a very small amount of time. I was doing a favor for someone, and I, uh, I worked with him, and he was pretty much kept to himself, but he was a very genuine, you know, sweet person that was trying to really get into that bullied persona, and I think he took a lot on himself with that, you know, and um, it was very sad afterwards, because I think he probably would have had a, a pretty good run, you know, just seeing how serious he was with what he wanted to do, so that was my experience with him. Thank awesome. you. Thank you. Okay, our last one. All right, so uh, my question is, um, obviously the movie's very iconic. A lot of other directors have referenced it, like Quentin Tarantino, Jordan Peele, um, but also the soundtrack, very iconic. Do you guys have a favorite song from the soundtrack? That's a good question. Uh, you know, Cry Little Sisters, classic. Um, what was the... What was the In Excess song? That's the one I like. Yeah. What's it called? Yeah. Good Times? Yeah. Because I was friends with Michael Hutchins, very good friends, but not then when we made the movie afterwards. And I like that song. I wish it played more. That's when you die, right? <laughs> uh, you know when you die. I really like that song. <laughs> it's your favorite? Absolutely. You know, favorite. I think The Call wrote, I still believe, was it by The Call that Tim Capella... The Cure. Or the cu no, was it Tim Capello, yeah. But, Tim but, but he's, he sang it, but I think yeah. it was originally written by the call, unless they covered that also, I don't know, but that's a pretty cool song. But Echo and the Bunny Man doing People Are Strange yeah, is great. great. And oh, I'll tell you another great, one yeah. that people never hear, and for some reason was on the radio the other day, oh, maybe because it's Halloween, is Roger Daltrey's cover of uh, Don't Let the Sun Go Down to Me is really good, yes. and plays at the end of the movie, but I don't even really remember hearing it. Is that it, a George but, Harrison song? Uh, Elton John. Elton John, oh yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, that's right. so I think that's... Yeah, and I'm sure you all had the cassette, you know, <laughs> yeah. and people play back over and over. But um, again, as I said before, the, the music it continues with, with the look of it and the fashion, all it, it all is just seamlessly intertwined and created its own thing that, you know, laid the groundwork for things to come. And, and I don't think really it's been equaled in that sense. What's your favorite song? I can't choose. There, there's so many good ones. It depends on the day. Yeah. <laughs> just and by the way, Billy, big fan, loved you in Body Snatchers and Jason. Obviously, loved you in Narc, loved you in Rush. Great movies. Thank big you. Fan. Thank Both you. Thank all you guys, man. Thank it's you guys. Great to meet all of you and. Thank you guys so much for you, doing this. Um, you guys can catch this episode on Let'sGetSpooky.com. Let's give one more big round of applause for Jason and Billy. Yeah.